Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Wednesday, September 16th. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and finally, I have some help on the introduction. Sam McDowell is here. Hi, Sam. Hey, what's going on, Blair? Not much, not much. Bringing you in to talk a little Chiefs uh, as we introduce the audio that we're going to hear in just a moment from Patrick Mahomes, and then after a break, we'll hear from Andy Reid, but... I wanted to talk to you because, first of all, you're writing the story about what Patrick Mahomes said today at the news conference. It wasn't earth-shattering stuff, but I thought it was really interesting. I'm not sure I've heard him say, you know, the things that he said before in terms of just his playing style. Um, But I I thought it was the most interesting thing we heard in the in the press conference today. So take us through what um, what Patrick Mahomes was talking about and what you're going to write about later today. Yeah, I mean. you know, we know Patrick Mahomes to be this guy that uh, this otherworldly talent, uh, spe- specifically with his arm. And one of the reasons we know him is that is because of he throws the deep ball extremely well. And on Thursday night in the week one opener, we didn't see him throw it. We didn't even really see him attempt it. He only attempted one pass on Thursday that traveled at least 20 yards in the air. That's the lowest total of his career. He, he did that once also against uh, the Bears last year in week 16. But on one hand, you might look at that and say, you use that stat and you say, hey, only threw for 211 yards. He really didn't have that great of a game. Well, the coaching staff thinks he had a really good day. And it's because he worked a lot this offseason and in training camp on just taking what's there. And I think the reason for that is they knew based on uh, specifically the way San Francisco, I think, defended them in the Super Bowl, that they were going to face a lot of teams this year that just took away the deep ball. And the point of it was not to force it if it's not there and just to take what's there. That's why we saw some long drives from the Chiefs on Thursday night. And like I said, Mahomes got good reviews, even if this, the, the statistics that we, we come to know him by didn't necessarily dictate that or, or show that. Yeah, he told us. And you'll hear on the audio that Chad Henney and Matt Moore, the backup quarterback, said it was the best game that they had seen him play. And this is a guy who's had – you know, six touchdown games and 400-yard-plus yeah. games and great comebacks. And so in that game against the Texans last uh, last Thursday, he was 24 of 32 for 211 yards and three touchdowns, quarterback rating of 123. So not shabby numbers by any stretch of the imagination, but not the type of numbers that's going to get you AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Still effective. And you mentioned the you know, the ball control, the the Chiefs really did control the clock in that game, too. And I'll tell you, with with the newcomer running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and a defense that is at least starting ahead of where last year's defense started, um, I, you know, this is just sort of a another – uh, just a, another weapon for the Chiefs, is it not? To, to, to be able to play a ball control offense and um, and have Patrick Mahomes dictate a game from underneath the defense to instead of going over the top? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. And that, that, that's exactly why he, he got some coaches and, like you mentioned, the, the, his backup quarterbacks telling him that this was such a good day because you mentioned not AFC Player of the Week numbers. You know, I looked it up. It's his fourth lowest uh, yardage in a game of his career. But like you said, it's a different way now all of a sudden that the Chiefs can beat you. And I, I do think that this was obviously matchup dictated, first of all, by the way the Texans were playing defense, but also because of the guys the Texans have up front. We all know about J.J. Watt. They wanted to get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands quickly. And look, 
We, we talked about J.J. Watt going into the game. We didn't talk about J.J. Watt coming out of the game at all. Patrick Mahomes was only sacked once in that game on the first drive. Otherwise, you know, I, we didn't see him out there running for his life, having to extend plays. It was because the guys underneath were open and he took it. All right, sounds good, Sam. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes. He, he talks about this and several other topics, as he does every week with the media. And again, after Patrick Mahomes, we'll take a break and pick it up with Andy Reid. Sam, thanks a lot. All right, thanks, Blair. Uh, we'll start with uh, Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Pat, uh, looking at the film from Sunday, I know that you guys have seen on Twitter a joke about that Clyde being short, but does that add some kind of masking sometimes to some play fakes you can do that maybe the guys in the secondary can't see, that you still have the ball, or he has the ball, and so on and so forth? Um, I'm sure it helps. I mean, it helps for him running the ball, being low to the ground, uh, being able to use that power. Um, and at the same time, I think he does get lost in the, in the shuffle of things, especially the big offensive linemen that we do have. Um, but uh, I think it's just a special skill set that he's really learned to use, and and uh, it showed well this uh, first week. Let's go to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick. I was wondering, in terms of using the two tight end sets that you guys normally do, just how much are you guys going to try to develop that over the next couple of weeks, getting Nick Kaiser obviously more reps, and just what do you think that that helps you in terms of a defense like the Chargers that likes to play a lot of cover three in the past? Yeah, I think it uh, it helps that versatility. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, obviously, we have a lot of great receivers, so we want to get them on the field as much as possible. But being able to, being able to use the depth that we have at tight end, being able to change up personnel groups, change up looks, I think it, it makes us versatile and it makes us hard to prepare for. So I think Coach Reed does a great job of mixing that in throughout the game with still getting our best players on the field. Let's go to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Pat. Um... The way you guys uh, attacked Houston the other night uh, seemed like it maybe took some patience on your part to get that done. Uh, Number one, did it require patience on your part? And if so, do you feel like you're better at that kind of thing than maybe you were last year or the year before? Yeah, I think uh, it was funny. Uh, Chad and Matt both both said it was one of my best games I played because they said I actually took the checkdowns and didn't just try to force it down the field when it wasn't there. And so uh, it's something that I've learned. Uh, from those veteran guys, I've learned from uh, Coach Reed is, I mean, we're, all of us want to go for the big shot. All of us want to go for the touchdown pass every single time. But if, if defenses are going to play us back and they're going to play us in coverage, I'm going to take the stuff underneath and let the guys make plays and, and find ways to score score and find ways just to win football games. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. I was going to kind of ask something similar to Adam, but um, what, what's just the mental uh, acuity that, that you sort of had to gain over the years? Because I assume it's enticing to, to want to throw the deep ball, especially with the receivers and the speed that you guys have. Yeah, I think it was it was just more reading the feel of the game. I um, mean, if you, if you see, we the defense was doing a great job uh, of getting stops, and we kind of got up on them early. And instead of trying to force that deep shot, maybe, I, I just kind of used the guys underneath and, and moved the ball down the field and scored. And um, it, it's it's going to be times here and there where I need to take that deep shot. There was a couple in the game that I missed, the one to Tyreek early in the game. Uh, we ended up getting the first down, but maybe a chance to hit him on a big play. And then the one to Kels down the sideline uh, where I threw the check down just a little too early. I mean, there's, there was there was times where I could have taken that, taken that shot. I just got to know when and where to do it and uh, try not to miss him whenever I get the opportunity. Let's go to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick. So looking at the Chargers this weekend, they really have playmakers kind of at every level of their defense. When you're looking at that defense, what stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, they, just do, they do a great job in their scheme, and they have a lot of great players that make plays. Uh, 
they they played us really well uh, last year. That defense uh, of, of holding us to some low numbers, stuff that we that we had we had been training on getting better numbers and, and better scores and all that different type of stuff. But uh, I think you I mean you see those pass rushers first off. I mean they have a lot of pass rushers all across that D line. Added uh, Joseph and then the the young Tillery uh, kid is really playing well. Um, and then and then you get to the linebackers, all young talent there. And then the DBs. I mean they have a couple pro bowlers and all pro guys. And so they they have a really good defense and have a really good scheme. And we have to do our best job of be, uh, being within ourselves and going out there and finding ways to put points on the board. Let's go to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey, Patrick. Um, two two semi-related questions. One is, it, was it at all difficult for you to, to talk to Andy through the uh, fog face shield the, the other day? Was that was that a little bit of a funny dynamic? And then I'll ask you the follow-up. Uh, actually, I saw it, but uh, I didn't even notice it until after the game. I mean, you, you see it, but you're so into the game, you're not really focused on it. Um, but uh, I had already said something. We had a practice in the rain. I said he needed the, the windshield wiper, and uh, he, he laughed about it, but it actually could have came into play the other day. <laughs> the other part is just obviously it was one thing to play at Arrowhead with a limited crowd, but it's, it's really going to be something quite different to play in an empty stadium. And I, I wonder just what you think the differences are going to be between even how you use your voice or, or how you guys communicate. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be different. Uh, we had talked about it going into the season of having to kind of bring your own energy uh, and, and going out there and executing at a high level. Um, you you've, you you know that with us, we, we usually bring our own energy and we have a lot of guys that are rooting for each other. But like you said, you have to be able to change and very snap counts, very audibles. And that's stuff that we always have done, but you just have to really pay attention and really going into the details. And at the end of the day, you just got to go out there and play the football the way you always play it. And uh, hopefully that, that turns out into a win. Let's go to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Patrick. Vahe well, just answered my first question I was going to have about the fans. Thanks, Vahe. But second, uh, the other question I had, just the offense, did you feel was maybe not so, not so, maybe vanilla is not the right word, but just a little more basic when the game against Houston, you can expand further with the Chargers, especially with an aggressive defense. Do you feel that's going to be give you the ability to, you know, try to open it up more, stretch the field more? Um, yeah, I mean, we always go into the game plan uh, with a, a very – array of plays and different personnel groups. But as, as we got into that Houston game, we found stuff that worked early uh, and they were, they were changing coverages, changing personnel groups a lot. And we wanted to make sure that we could play fast. And so we, uh, we stayed with what was working and, and we were able to go out there and win a football game. But uh, I know coach, he's always going to have plays in and he's always going to have stuff in to try to attack the defense. And we'll try to find those best plays that we can run and go out there and score points. Good. Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, I'm wondering, I, I get that the Texans were playing you a little bit differently, right, trying to take off the, the big plays, but I'm curious if your sort of risk-reward calculus is different now with, you know, the defense proving, you know, itself a little bit more and you've got Edwards Hilaire in the backfield. I'm just wondering if there's less incentive to, to take those big risks knowing that you've got enough to, to keep going. Yeah, it just depends on the feel of the game. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, if you saw us at the end of last year and you saw the defense playing well, we were able to take what was there and win football games. And I feel like it was a very good, great learning experience for me. But uh, uh, my, my nature always wants me to take that shot if I get the chance to. So uh, trying to find that balance of when to go out there and when to take, when to take the shot and, and, and throw it deep and let these guys make plays and when to just take what's there and move the ball down the field. Got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Seren and then Pete. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Patrick, I know I've asked you many questions about fourth down and everything, right? We did it a couple of weeks ago. You had a chance to apply it. It came up. I, I mentioned to Coach that it really doesn't get talked about because you guys ended up, you know, stretching out and winning decisively. But at that time, that game was very much in doubt. You had been stopped once. Just curious, what was what? What did it do for the team 
to go for it and, and to get it and, and, you know, what was the conversation like about what play you were going to put into that? Uh, I think the conversation happens during the week. I mean, we prepare for those situations during the week, uh, fourth downs and in training camp. Um, and Coach puts us in those situations. So whenever he calls the plays, we know exactly what we need to do and we know how to go out there and execute. And uh, if it's up to me, I would I would want to go for it every single time. And so I just try to stay out there as long as possible. And it gives us the chance to chance to go out there and make it happen. we got to make it happen so that we get more chances later on in the year. Let's go to Pete to close this out. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, Pat, just a quick follow-up to Adam and Sam's points. Just how unnatural is it for you to fight that desire to to throw downfield and, and throw guys open deep? And, and did you see any times on Thursday night's film where you, maybe you wish you would have in the other direction? Uh, it's it's hard to say because you, you you ended up winning the football game. Um, the the play to Kelsey, I think, was one that I hit the check down and we got like six yards, I think. But he was probably a touchdown if I just would have gave him a chance to make a play. Uh, the, the only thing is the next play, Clyde ran in for a touchdown, so it kind of worked out either way. And then the the play in the early part of the game, I hit, I hit I hit the guy for a first down on third down on the the first drive of the game. So you kind of want to just get the keep the drive going. But whenever you get those matchups, especially with Tyreek, who's usually double covered, you want to make sure you go out there and attack them. And so uh, just learning from that and trying to find the best the best ways to attack it during during the game and the flow of the game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. All right. Um, as far as injuries go, uh, Okafor has the hamstring strain. We won't practice today. Saunders won't practice today. Um, with the elbow, and then um, Ward won't practice today, uh, but is making progress. So uh, we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, look forward to that challenge of playing the Chargers. Uh, Anthony Lynn and his staff do a, do a great job uh, of coaching, and, and their players obviously play aggressive and hard. They've always had uh, good schemes uh, against us. Um, very consistent and, and uh, very solid. So, anyways, uh, with that time, yours. Let's go to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good morning. Hi, Herbie. Hey, how accurate is that report that Saunders is expected to miss up to a month, and is he a candidate for the short-term three-week injured reserve? Yeah, we just got to gotta just see with him, Herbie. Um, we, don't, we try not to put the time limits on him. Um, on any of the guys and surely don't talk about them. But 
uh, we'll just see how see how he progresses here. He's actually feeling pretty good today, but and you know, we'll see how that how that uh, how it goes. Yeah. Go to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, I was just curious, like especially in short yardage situations with um, Edwards Hilaire and some of that physicality up front that you were talking about the other day. I'm just wondering if you feel as a play caller, you just have more options that there's there's more different things you can do in those situations. Um. Well, I mean, well, listen. We've been blessed with good backs, so we've been we've been fortunate there. So, um, I, listen. I don't want to take anything away from the kid because he, he he's a he's an exciting player. That's a little bit of a loaded, a little bit of a loaded question. How I answer that, but I I would tell you that he he's got flexibility is what he has, and and that part's a positive for him. He you know he can run, he can catch, he can do all the things he needs to do. Um, and it doesn't really matter the, the definitely the you know it doesn't really matter the down and distance for you. Go to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Coach Joey Bosa uh, signed the extension in the off season, and uh, this past week he, he looked like the best player on on the field for the Chargers. How much attention does he command, and what are some of those conversations like with Andy Heck and that crew? Yeah, well, listen, we we respect the heck out of him, and uh, uh, no pun intended, and. and uh, uh, you know, 54 is not bad either. He's been doing it a long time, and you know, look like he's slowed down at all. Yeah, they've added some new additions um, with, with some young guys that are in their second year and 99 and so on. And and uh, their inside technique, he just Jones just keeps getting better and better every year he has a chance to play. So there, and then they brought in Lindell, who is a big human being in there and and um, hard to move. So. Uh, they're they're fully loaded up front. Um, they have a great scheme, um, and then they've got real good players. And so, and, and listen, Bozes, he's one of the best in the National Football League. Yeah. Go to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Coach. Hi, Karen. How different are they without Philip Rivers? You know, well, Ty, listen, Tyrod, I have a ton of respect for him. I had a chance to coach him in the Pro Bowl, and um, and I sure liked him, and he's got a real good feel for things. So, uh, Philip had a great career there. I mean, phenomenal career there. And um, uh, but again, they're they're on to this new thing, and he does things that, that Philip can do, and Philip, you know, does things that maybe aren't Tyrod's best thing. But they're I know he's uh, he's a heck of a quarterback, and he can do a lot of things with the football. Uh, most of all, he's smart and he has a he has a good arm. Go to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Andy, I think we're going to talk to Legarius Sneed a little while. Um, just how, how about breaking down his um, his first game as an NFL player? Yeah, so I, I think I was asked that the other day, but he he uh, um, he's a uh, he does some real good things. He'll be tested this week. They've got good big wide receivers and physical kids and. Be another look for him, so um, they'll have to adjust to. Every week will be great for him as he goes. But for your first time out, heck, he had an interception and uh, made some nice plays on the ball. And uh, you know, I'd say it was a positive performance. And you know, he'll learn that every week. You know, every week you've got to do that. So he's got to make sure he prepares himself right this week, just like he did for the Texans. And and, uh, and then he'll have to do it the next week. And the next, that's how it works here. So. Um, all that's an adjustment period for him as he as he gets used to it. Go to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, uh, I'm curious, how important is it that you, you just talked about Tyrod Taylor, just kind of a follow-up to him, 
uh, that, that a coach have a, a quarterback that plays his style, right? I mean, I know your job is to morph to whoever you have, but every coach kind of has their core fundamental philosophies. And, and Anthony Lynn, this seems like we got a little glimpse under the covers, right, with the hard knock series and kind of how he, how he worked with him. This seems to be like a good fit for him. How, how important is that for coaching core, for the quarterback to be a reflection of what the coach wants his team to be? Now, I think Anthony's probably enjoying working with him because he's smart and he's, um, you know, he understands the offense he's in and, and um, you know, you're not going to find any blips in his uh, ability to prepare for a game. So all those things that a coach likes, um, I, I think Tyrod gives them. And I know Anthony, I'm sure he likes him. I'm not going to speak for him, but I know, I'm sure that he, uh, you know, that he likes him. Go to Matt, Derek. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, there's a couple of new roster wrinkles this year with the ability to protect up to four practice squad players a week and then to be able to bring up two practice squad players on game day if you need them. Curious, you know, what's the organization's philosophy between you and Brad as far as whether you will protect guys each week and how many? And with protecting Braxton Hoyt this week, would that be an indication that you might be considering having him up this weekend? Well, you, you just uh, make sure that you cover all the bases, and Brett does a good job with that. I let him take care of all that. So, um, but I mean, we'll use it the way we feel like we need it. It might not be the same as everybody else, but uh, I don't. But, but Brett's uh, he'll have a good feel on who and when to use that. Well, it looks like we've got three more hands up. We'll go Darren, Stephen, and Seren to close it out. Go ahead, Darren. Yeah, I think you're sound. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Coach, a couple things. Obviously, you know, on on last Thursday, nobody's really talked about it, but you all only had one penalty, and I believe that was a false start penalty. No training camp, or well, lack of training camp and lack of preseason games. What do you speak to uh, the fact that you only had, only had that one penalty? And then second, obviously, Troy Vincent sent down the, uh, uh, the you know, the, the memo about the mass. Have you figured out what you want to do this Sunday? <laughs> Well, I, my mask wasn't all that successful, but I, um, I, I think I've got it under control. So I'll, I'll keep that on. Then the coaches, you know, we'll just, there's, it's been made. The point of emphasis has been made and we'll just make sure, uh, not that it wasn't before, but just got to make sure we keep those covered. Sometimes it's hard to hear in the microphone. So you got to just, we got to work through that um, in particular when you're talking to the players in the headset. But <clears throat> um other than that, tell me your first part. What did you want at the first part of that? No, you know, game number one, you all. Yeah, the penalties. Penalties, yeah. Yeah, so listen, I thought the guys, they did a nice job uh, uh, focusing in, and um, Pat did a good job of moving the snap count around, and, uh, you know, we, we were able to keep ourselves on side, not shoot ourselves in the foot. But I would tell you, the whole team did a nice job just with the penalty situation, and you've got to do that. You know, you got to keep – a focus on that and uh, it'll be no more important than this week. I mean, uh, they've got good football players. And so you, know, you got to stay disciplined the best you can. Let's go Steve and then Serene. Go ahead, Steve. Hey coach. Uh, listening to some of the coaches um, around the league talk about their experience for week one and playing in an empty stadium. Just wondering uh, because they all talked about the communication aspect and then the opponents being able to hear everything, uh, even with crowd noise being piped in. What will your uh, preparation look like going into this week for LA? Yeah, so uh, you can. I mean, you can hear it on the TV. Even you know, you listen and you can hear uh, people talking and so on. So it's important that you can you control your 
uh, your, the sound that you're you're sending uh, uh, in the huddle in particular, both huddles, and um, uh, but at the same time, make sure that you're communicating with the players, so uh, they don't always know your terminology uh, as you go. But you got to still make sure that you're not so loud that the other group hears uh, you call a play. So um, we're aware of that. Uh, it's probably similar to practice and how you go about doing that. Uh, let's go to to close it out. Go ahead, uh, Coach, I know I've asked you a number of questions of, about fourth down in the, in the past. You had one in this game. I'm, I'm curious as you go back and reflect, you know, when you win as decisively as you guys did and were in control for so long in the game, it, it maybe gets lost in the shuffle, but that was a decision you made on your side of the field early in the game and trailing. Can you, can you just expand upon what, what the conversation was and why that was the right time to go for it? Yeah, well, listen, that's one that could go either way, Saran, and you know that. So uh, you don't get it, then you, you don't look so good. But um, I just felt like we needed to do that there, and uh, and I thought we had a good play. And, um, you know, so we ended up doing it. I'm not going to tell you that we do that every week, but, um, you know, we're going to try to stay as aggressive as we can on fourth downs. You know, we've, we've been pretty good at that over the years, and uh, – but anyways, I, I just felt that was a subjective decision on my part, right or wrong. Um, but I thought it was a, if you talk to stat people, analytics people, they tell you it's the right thing. If you talk, you know, you talk to other people, they might tell you something different. But I, I just felt my gut that that was the right thing to do. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Sam McDowell for stopping by and helping me out with the intro. You can read his stuff in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's more than 50 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.